Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Now, for some of us, fear and worry, anxiety can be a troubling thing. It can, it can be a troubling thing. It's something that kind of bothers or troubles us. For others, though, <clears throat> fear can actually be crippling. And so we need to deal with that tonight. And so I think uh, it's a fairly relevant topic concerning re- recent events, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> We're living in a very unsettled time and and there's very much concern health-wise. I, and by ministering, preaching this tonight, I'm not, not saying that we ought to abandon all caution and just don't even think about anything. You, you, we need to be uh, uh, aware. And we, it's, it's not wrong to be concerned about things, but we should not let fear dominate our lives. <clears throat> Jesus t- paid too great a price for us to have our lives dominated by fear. <clears throat> somewhere, uh, I read somewhere recently that the most uh, repeated command in the Bible is don't fear or do not be afraid, something of that effect. <clears throat> God doesn't want us to be afraid and to live in fear. So I want to encourage us tonight Fear not. I want you to tell yourself or somebody, fear not. And so what I'm going to do in this message is concentrate on how to get rid of fear. I I want it out of my life. I don't want fear in my life, do you? We don't want it. And so 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, very, very familiar portion of Scripture. And you know, this can be the problem. Sometimes we look at verses like this, we read over them. <coughs> we, have, we have seen it. We may have memorized it, but the impact of it can kind of bypass us because we've gotten so familiar with it. And so if we could, with fresh eyes, look at first, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I thought I'm going to preach three different points in this message, and I thought about listing my points as defenses uh, against fear. But then it uh, hit me that a, a, the best defense is a good offense, and so I decided to call my points offenses, offensive weapons against the spirit of fear. And so we're going to look at three offensive weapons God has given us against the spirit of fear, and the first of these is his power. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power. Say power. Fear weakens us. It makes us feel powerless. Now, in the Old Testament, God brought the Hebrews out of Egypt with an incredible display, with incredible displays of power, didn't he? Uh, he turned uh, rivers into blood. Uh, there were plagues of flies and frogs and lice. Uh, they came out of Egypt and went across the Red Sea 
on dry ground, and then the Egyptian army coming after them, after they got, everyone got across safely, the Hebrews, uh, the waters came back uh, and uh, wiped out the Egyptian army that was after them to kill them, and they all danced on the other side of the Red Sea, right? God then miraculously provided for them in the wilderness. Uh, food fell out of heaven for them. Water came out of a rock and watered all of them, like a couple of million people maybe, something, a lot of people. That's a lot of water out of a rock. And God miraculously intervened, came through for them, showed his power, <clears throat> and promised them that they were going to go into a land that flowed with milk and honey. And so as they come to the promised land, they send 12 spies to spy out the land and see how good it was, if it really was a land, a land that flows with milk and honey. Now to us, that may, we, we may not get the reference, but in their time, a land that flowed with milk and honey uh, designated prosperity. The good land flowing with milk and honey. We would think of uh, a promise today as uh, it would just flow with $100 bills or something. I don't know. But anyway, so they went to spy out the land and they saw giants, didn't they? And 10 of these spies came back and said, we're toast. They're huge. Actually, this is what they said. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were we in their sight. So listen, fear caused them to forget all that God had done before. It gave them amnesia. They forgot what God had done. They forgot the power of God and their fear made them feel weak, like weak as grasshoppers. And as a result of that, that whole generation, except for two, missed the promised land. And so listen, fear will weaken us and make us feel powerless and cause us to miss out on so much of the good that God has for us. And I think we ought to put a stop to it, don't you? See, we are, we are not powerless as God's people <clears throat> in Jesus Christ. We are anything but powerless. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, again, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. God has given us power. Say, God has given me power. <clears throat> in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, excuse me, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. He's talking about demonic influences and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's a whole lot of power, isn't it? Now, we all have times where we may feel weak and anything but powerful but it's important in those times when we may feel weak, whether it's spiritually or emotionally, 
maybe even physically, to remember that he is strong. And listen, he gives his strength and power to us. The other morning I was praying, Monday morning I was praying, and was just feeling kind of blah, went in the prayer, and I was drawn to this portion of Scripture, and the blah left me. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, El Olam, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They who? Those who wait on the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. What a powerful statement to us when we feel weak or powerless. In verse 28, he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? And he's really chiding them and us because we have known. Haven't we? We have known God's power. We have known God's influence and intervention in our lives. We have heard, haven't we? How many ever hear a testimony of God's power demonstrated in somebody else's life? We've known it experientially. We've heard it. And so he goes on, and then verse 29 says he gives power to the weak, to those who have no might, he increases strength. When we feel weak, we can gain his power. When we have no might, he comes in and increases strength. Verse 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. <clears throat> They who wait on the Lord. We're not good at waiting. I'm not always good at waiting. You're not always good at waiting. And I'm not talking about waiting in the line at Safeway. I'm talking about we're not always good at waiting on the Lord. And what I mean by that is where we get alone, us and God, and sit in his presence, take some time, say time. And I'm not talking about hours, it need not be hours, but it's a time aside where we get into his presence, us and God, and we begin to focus on him, who he is, what he has promised to do, what he is able to accomplish, his ability, his strength, his power, and something happens in our life when we begin to wait on him shut other things out, those other voices, wait on him, we will receive strength and power. Say strength and power. The Bible says 
will mount up with wings like eagles. You know what that's talking? It's talking about soaring above those things that make us afraid and fearful and our difficulties and problems will mount up because we are not powerless. In him, we are powerful. You in God are powerful. When we feel weak, when we feel without strength, he comes in and enables us with his power and his strength. Somebody say, I believe it. Psalm 34, verse 4, says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. See, what happens when we get along, we get into the presence of God, just get, get with God somewhere and wait on him, <clears throat> call out to him. He'll deliver us from our fear. God's power is one of our best Offensive weapons against fear. Number two, the second offensive weapon against fear is the love of God. That's what he says in 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Now say love. <clears throat> you and I need a revelation of God's love if we're going to conquer our fears. In Ephesians 3, 17 through 20, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So we are encouraged here to be rooted and grounded in God's love, that our, our faith is meant to cause our roots to go way down deep into the love of God. And that's one of the, this is so important. It's so basic and yet so critically important for all of us, whether we've been a believer for a day, a week, or 50 years, we need to remind ourselves to cause our faith to go deep into God's love if we're going to conquer Fear, what roots us and grounds us and causes stability in our lives is our revelation of the love of God. Say rooted and grounded. I used to live and pastor in Southern California. And in Southern California, you know, we have the wind blows in Kingman. I mean, you know, that's true. But it can blow in Southern California horrendously with Santa Ana winds come through. And uh, our uh, church was on Foothill Boulevard, which is part of old Route 66, right there in, uh, in Rancho Cucamonga. And it was an old winery that we had remodeled. And that winery had, had uh, uh, thick walls. I mean, they were like 24-inch poured concrete, steel-reinforced walls, and the wind sometimes would come so strong and beat against that, it would feel like the building was going to blow away. It would make you a little, I can remember church services where, 
wham, and people would get people's attention. Kind of helpful sometimes. And so, but there were, there were a long foothill back in those days. It was lined with eucalyptus trees. And they've torn them all out with, with uh, rebuilding and all that. But, but after that, the winds would blow, you know, there, it would blow the bark off the eucalyptus. It would blow branches down. But those trees, many or most of them would stand firm. And there's a reason for that. And it's because they have an amazing root system. Their taproot can travel down 60 feet uh, into the earth. And so that's like a six-story building down. And they also have lateral roots that can spread out up to 100 feet. And so when the winds come, they are rooted, they are grounded, and they stand stable because of their root system. You and I have to allow our faith to spread deep and wide in the love of God, and it'll ground us. The problem is that sometimes we're too easily shaken. <clears throat> Isn't that right? Devil lies to us and says, you know, uh, God doesn't love you, or why would God love you? Because you were you. And so we, we, we uh, may question uh, God's love for us, and, and as a result of that, we're shaken and become fearful. And we have to allow the roots of our faith to travel deep and wide into God's love. Ephesians 3 actually tells us God's love is wide, long, deep, and high, trying to get something across to us, and that is it's far-reaching, and our faith has to travel deep and wide and long and high into the love of God so that we are rooted and grounded. And when we do that, something miraculous happens inside us. In Ephesians 3, again, verses 19 and 20, it says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That as we get a revelation of God's love for us, we allow those roots to go deep within his love. Then what happens as a result of that, uh, we are filled with all the fullness of God. That's a whole lot of God in us. And it comes through a revelation of his love. And then verse 20 starts and says, now, now, when, now, after we have a revelation of God's love in us, uh, to him now who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God's love brings a release of his power in us. And you know, fear will not be able to stand against us when we're rooted and grounded in love. Now, somebody say, I believe it. Listen to the confidence in these verses. In Romans 8, 35 through 39, it's overwhelming. Who shall separate us from the love of God? That's right. And he goes on to say, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, 
famine, nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for your sake, we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's awesome. That's the Word of God. And tonight, let it get down deep inside us. His love and our uh, rootedness, our groundedness, comes through his love and our understanding of his love for us. God, help us to have that assurance. 1 John 4, verse 18 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. God's perfect love will cast out the spirit of fear and it's one of our great weapons, offensive weapons against the fear and the spirit of fear. It's the love of God. Third and final point. This is a long one. Not really. It's relative to me. The third offensive weapon against fear is having a sound mind. Say sound mind. Now, I know some of you are here and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know about me and how sound my mind is. Listen to me. It's really important. Don't count yourself out yet. Tell tell yourself there's hope for you. And here's the hope. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. It's a gift to God to us. God gives us a sound mind. We have to receive, we just receive it. So I receive it. Tell yourself, tell yourself, I got a sound mind. Okay, that's, that's pretty strong. Our minds can trick us with fear. On my first trip to Arizona back in 1974, Way back in the old days, I came out uh, to go backpacking, and I was, I was staying outside of Williams uh, in a cabin with uh, some other hippies, and we were out in the cabin doing hippie stuff, and, and that night, I just this first night, I was out in the woods. We had driven up from Phoenix, and we were out in the woods and out in the cabin and cabin and all that. I thought, you know, I really want to get... Uh, with nature. And so I decided to sleep outside. I, I didn't know anything about Arizona, didn't know about the animals that were here, anything, but I thought it'd be cool to get out uh, under the stars and the trees and the pines, and it'd be wonderful. And so I did. I, uh, and I had a fairly good sleeping bag, but a, a friend that was there had a better one. It was a goose down bag that, that would go down to like, it would be keep you warm minus 20 degrees, something like that. So uh, anyway, I got, get outside and I got in, in this mummy bag. And so uh, here I am, I'm warm, I'm cozy. All that's visible is my face. And I just, oh man, it's lovely. I'm nature, oh, stars, trees, 
wind rustling through the pines. It's wonderful, lovely. I drifted off to sleep. Middle of the night, I wake up with a big, wet, cold nose in my face. I don't open my eyes because I, I know I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what I, I'm thinking, grizzly bear. And big, wet, cold nose in my face is the only thing. Of, and so I'm, I am petrified. I, I'm trying to play dead. Do you know how hard it is to play dead? Even though my eyes were closed, the outside of the bag is going like this. And I'm thinking, and I was only 18. I'm thinking, I'm going to have cardiac arrest. 18-year-old. And I could see the headlines, you know, 18-year-old dies of cardiac arrest in the woods in Williams, Arizona. Very sad. And so finally, I, I realized I'm not faking this grizzly bear out at all. And so I finally opened my eyes, and there's this big, hairy face of a dog that's like grinning at me, and then he licks me right across the face. We became really good friends. He is a good dog. But listen, my fear convinced me I was a dead man. Fear will trick us, and we can imagine the worst of things happening, most of which never will. Now listen, God's gift to us is a sound mind. This literally means safe thinking. A sound mind is safe thinking. Fear is dangerous thinking, and we've got to cast it down. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, we cannot let our minds just drift into the what ifs. You know, what if the economy completely collapses? What if coronavirus gets us all? What if, what if? And listen, there are very real concerns, and it's not wrong to be concerned. It is wrong for us to allow fear to dominate our life. First Peter chapter 1, 13 says, Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It means tie up the loose ends of our minds. We have to learn to calm our fears with our trust in God. Amen. Psalm 56 verse 3 but when I am afraid, this happens to almost everybody. There are times where fear tries to get a hold of our life. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Amen. See, we can change our minds. How I many you know you can change your mind? Somebody says, I change my mind all the time. We can change our minds. This is important because there's, uh, there's some people who think, well, I just don't have any control over my mind. I, I, I just, my mind just kind of goes everywhere, and I think of worry about this and that and the other thing, and, and I just have no control over it. Listen, it's simply not true. Our minds can be changed. The direction of our thoughts can be changed by the grace and with the help of God. Somebody say, I believe that. 
This is why he says, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Part of God's gift to us is a sound mind, and this means he will think us, help us think more safely. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds can be renewed. Now listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a word that's a bad word to some people. It's the D word. Not that D word, but this one. Discipline. Discipline. Say discipline. There are two areas where we need to use discipline in order to live with renewed mind. And the first of these is we need to discipline our minds from just drifting. This is why 1 Peter again, verse Chapter 1, verse 13 says, gird up the loins of your mind. Tie up the loose ends of our mind. We cannot allow our minds to just go wherever and expect to live in peace. And hear me tonight. It's wrong to let fearful, worrying, anxious thoughts to go unchallenged. So tell yourself, stop it. I know we can think, well, how is that even possible not to worry? Listen, if it were not possible, God's Word wouldn't tell us not to. He tells us not to fear because He enables us not to fear. Now, here's where this dirty word discipline comes in. We have to discipline ourselves to stop letting fear dominate our thinking. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You'll keep him in perfect peace, uh, uh, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And so when we're fearful, when we're afraid, when we're worried, what we need to do is we need to arrest those fearful thoughts and put them on God, on his love, on his care, on his constant presence, uh, on his promised help. Somebody say, Help me, Jesus. And then secondly, we need to discipline our minds with the Word of God. And I'm going to close with this brief thought here. We need, to, we need to get into the Word of God and read it. We need to think about it. We need to meditate on it. If we're, you know, fearfulness is just meditation on the wrong things. Worrying, anxiety, is just uh, meditation on the wrong things. And so what we do is we need to take the Word of God and begin to think about it, meditate on it, roll it over in our minds. And when we do, listen, I'm not talking about stuff that just sounded good to preach about. I'm talking about things I've seen and that God has shown me in my own life. I know tonight God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He has done so much for us through Jesus' death and resurrection. God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, and that sound mind comes from God's Word. God's Word gives us soundness of mind. God's Word is full of assurance. It's full of confidence. It's full of anti-fear stuff. Two portions of Scripture, and then we're going to pray. And tonight, we really need to drive out the spirit of fear. Cast it down. Say, cast it down. 
Isaiah 41 and verse 10 says, so do not fear. This is God speaking to us. This, this, this is, see, uh, this is God prophesying to us, speaking to us. Listen to God's word. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that good? And then finally tonight in Isaiah 43, verse 1 through 3 in the message, he says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you'll not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God. He is. He's our, say, he's my God. He's a personal God. This is what I love so much about him. He's not just God out there. He's God in here, personal God, our God. He knows our fears. He knows our concerns. And that's why the Bible tells us casting all your care, all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Say, he cares for me. And so tonight, that's what we're going to do. We're going to cast our cares on him. Cast them out. Cast down that spirit of fear. God hadn't given it to us. He'd done too much for us to live with our lives dominated by fear, anxiety, and worry. And I want you to tell yourself, I'm not going to live that way. Not going to live that way. Isn't he good? Let's pray tonight. Will you bow your heads? If you've never gotten saved, you're, you're not where you should be with God and you need his forgiveness, would you just where you are, uh, lift your hand up and indicate your need of his forgiveness in your life. God bless you. Anyone else tonight, just raise your hand up quickly, be included in this prayer. God bless you. Anybody else? Praise God. He loves us, cares for us, and made provision for us. I want us, to, let's stand tonight. We're going to pray a, a prayer of forgiveness first of all. And then what we're going to do is I'll lead you in a prayer, and we're going to take authority over fear, anxiety, worry, and, and cast it down. Can you say amen? Would you bow your head and close your eyes and just pray this with me? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive your forgiveness tonight. And I thank you that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, right now, over every heart in life, there are things, and Lord, you know, you know every one of our hearts. You know us and the things that concern us even more than we understand or know ourselves, Lord. And tonight, we cast all of our care. If you need to do something physical, then just take it, take your hands and just cast it to them right now. 
But whatever you do right now, receive from him his peace. Receive from him his power. Power of God drives out fear. The love of God casts out fear. And he gives us a sound mind, safe thinking. We are safe in him. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous one run into it and are safe. The name of Jesus is our refuge. He is our safety in a world that's troubled, in a world that's full of fear, we run into his name, Jesus. Say, Jesus. We are safe. We have a refuge. That safe place uh, is the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your safety. We thank you that even though in the world there are troubling things and uh, on a worldwide uh, uh, basis there are troubling things in, in the health realm, there are troubling things in, in the financial realms. God, there are troubling things with wars and rumors of wars, but in you we are safe. We thank you tonight, Jesus. You are our refuge, your name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you for your powerful name in us. He has given us his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray peace and calm, and I pray tonight that every single one here be able to go home, get in bed, say thank you, Jesus, and have a good night's sleep. We will not fear. Say, I will not fear. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That was a long prayer. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.